0: Thanks so much for listening to the Art Tactic podcast. I'm Adam Green. This week's episode, we're joined by Freya Stewart. She's CEO of Art Lending at the Fine Art Group. You may not be familiar with the Fine Art Group, but I'm sure more of you are familiar with the Fine Art Fund. Well, they've rebranded themselves as Fine Art Group. The Fine Art Fund is an art investment fund that launched over a decade ago. Uh, they're London based, and they've they're still going strong. You know the art investments fund space. There really haven't been that many players, especially um, those that have lasted for a long time. Fine Art Fund is really maybe the only one. Um, so art lending is one of the areas that they've expanded into as part of the Fine Art group. And we talked to Frey about numerous areas of that uh, niche area of the art market. Um, she tells us a little bit about some of the data as to how active they are when it comes to lending and um, We talk about why the art lending space is still such a niche product for the art market. Is it an issue with demand for the product? Is there really just not that much demand for it? Or maybe there's just a lack of awareness that the product exists, or there's some other reason. So we jump into that with her. Um, We also talk about Falcon Fine Arts, which is another art lender that they actually just acquired last week. So what was the motivation for that acquisition, and what does it mean for the fine art group? And... We also talked to Freya about just what the art lending space looks like in a few years. Um, How does she think it will continue to evolve in the next few years? Will more people be considering um, loans against their art in the future? So we hope you enjoy the conversation with Freya. Thanks so much. Freya, thanks so much for speaking with us.
1: It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: So you previously only had an art investment fund, the Fine Art Fund. That's what it was originally. Um, why did you expand and enter the art lending space?
1: So I think the first point is that um, the Fine Art Group, as people previously knew it, the Fine Art Fund um, has been in existence for, well, nearly 20 years now. Um, and it is well known and well regarded as an art investment and an, an art finance um, and an art advisory group. So the group already had um, an important critical mass of art expertise, finance expertise, and what I would call deep domain expertise in the art market. And those are all critical components of providing a robust and leading product and service as an art lender. So, the Fine Art Group had almost all of these ingredients that that it needed to deliver another product, another service to its client base and and to a wider client base. So it's really, really driven by our expertise as a group. Um, As as people know, um, you, you know we've got a very good track record of underwriting art previously in a sort of equity context or. To advisory clients, um, so for example, you know we've made 90% on every transaction we've we've done in the last 18 years, um, and in terms of how much money we've lost, it's been a fraction of a percent, um, of, of all the money that we've invested in art transactions in 18 years, and that's a really impressive track record. And with that confidence of our underwriting capability in the art. Universe art asset universe at the very top end, which is of course where where we are. Um, th- that has allowed us to to expand into the, the art financing product. Um, so yeah, critical critical mass of of, of art expertise and, and a really impressive track record in this space. Secondly, um, you know, really providing a service that our clients were asking for. So. Philip Hoffman, um, the founder and, and chief executive of the Fine Art Group, was finding that his clients were, were asking for financing. Um, so, you know, there was a real demand-led sort of led initiative to, to be able to provide that to them. And in a wider context, the Fine Art Group um, has um, a, a very impressive, um, what I would call, loan origination c- capability. It has relationships. Obviously, with collectors, um, with the art trade, um, everyone from you know other art advisors, the auction houses, the dealers, the galleries, and with the wider wealth community. So, um, the banks, the, the wealth divisions of, of banks, um, lawyers, and other professionals, uh, trustees, fiduciaries. Um, whose clients are looking for this kind of product. So it's really those two things of, of the expertise uh, and, and the demand-led um, capability that we have and the ability to, to really understand um, collectors and their needs uh, and their financing needs in particular um, that has, has led the group to, to expand into this, this particular space.
0: From an outsider's perspective, someone not in the um, art lending space, you know, we often read headlines um, and articles that cover the industry, and uh, I think it's interesting. But people always kind of wonder the size of the industry and how much it's growing. I guess, what kind of data can you share with us regarding your, the lending activity at the Fine Art Group?
1: That that kind of data is is confidential, um, you know, due to the obligations we we have with our with our investors and our borrowers. Um, But what I can say is that this is a growing business. Um, The the demand for art, specifically art-secured financing, um, is here to stay, and it's it's increasing. And and I can come on to that um, later, perhaps. But in terms of if you look at the size of our book last year versus this year, we've had a 150% increase year on year. Uh, 2017 to 2018 and 2019 is already off to a very strong start for us. So um, there's definitely an an important upward trajectory of of growth both for our business uh, and I think, you know, in terms of the wider demand for for this product.
0: What do you think the reason is why art lending, it seems it's still, while you might be having growth, it seems it's still a niche product for the art market. Do you think it's a result of just demand for the product being somewhat limited or do you, is it more maybe a lack of awareness, um, that it exists or, um, maybe even some other reason?
1: Yeah, I I agree with all of those. Um, I think again, I would probably sort of look at this as the supply side and and the demand side. So on the supply side, it it takes, um, there's a very high barrier to entry for a specialist lender providing a really good market leading product and service. And that's why there are so few people doing this um, really well, such as ourselves. Um, so there is there is a supply side um, constraint, I think. Um, you know, there, there are, as I said, you know, it is very niche in that sense, because it requires a very niche skill set of, of experts to be able to, to deliver this. Um, well so there's a supply side element and then on the demand side um i absolutely agree that you know general awareness the top end of the art market you know of course compared to other markets may be relatively small but it's it, it's an increasing um it's an increasing market um but it's 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 global and there are um, hundreds and thousands um, of collectors globally um, some are very active, some are not very active, and and really that awareness of reaching all corners of the globe of collectors who own high value art—it's um, it's a huge universe of potential borrowers. And I think whilst in the last, certainly in the last, you know, couple of years, I do think the awareness has um, has increased. Um, I think there's there's still a little way to go of maybe not. The basic awareness but really how it can be used in in different ways and and how it can be used to support a a collector in their particular collecting ambitions or or an investor um or or somebody in between um who's looking at um collecting for you know a hybrid of reasons
0: and where does the fine art group really fit into the lending industry i know we have some banks that are doing it and they're offering very low rates, but you know, maybe they're not just lending against just the art themselves, or at least they have a very strong profile on the borrower and other assets they have. And then you have other kind of lenders that have really high interest rates. Um, where does the fine art group fit in that chain?
1: We are definitely a specialist lender. Um, you know, we, we are providing a a specialist product. And as you say, um, I think the the product and the service is very different between a specialist lender and, and let's say the wealth division of a, of a bank providing this. With a, with a specialist lender such as ourselves, we are solely looking at the art as collateral. We are not taking into consideration the wider financial or, or credit position of borrowers or well, generally their any of their other financial positions we're just looking at the art and, and we're lending you know fifty percent against that, that value of those pieces or that single piece um, and actually you know, if you carry that on you know what what other product differentiations are there? I think the specialist lender is is able to be much quicker. Uh, you know, we, we can provide financing um, you know several million dollars inside a week um, banks can't move that quickly um, they you know this for them isn't isn't their core business um, the expertise that they need to actually write these loans is generally external to the bank um, they have to go to third parties to get valuations and appraisals um, and and of course they, they also do a very thorough credit analysis of the borrowers whereas everything we do as a specialist lender is done in-house. Our, our experts are in-house, our legal expertise is in-house, um, our financing is in-house. So, you know, we're able to move much quicker. We're able to be a lot more nimble um, in the type of, of product and, and service that we provide. Um, we'll lend against a single piece. Um, we will lend in, in with pieces in multiple jurisdictions. um, we will lend to things that are in museums. Um, we will provide purchase financing if somebody's looking to purchase an artwork opportunistically, or they've overcommitted in, in auction, and you know they provide fifty percent of the purchase price, and we provide the remainder. Um, you know those sorts of things you don't really see the banks doing. Um, so there is a real. A real need for a specialist lender, such as ourselves, that, that can provide that very niche um, um, product and service. So, in terms of you know the interest rates and, and, and the economics, yes, you know a wealth division of a bank may provide a loan um, at a cheaper rate, but that's a reflection of the fact that they're looking at the, the credit analysis of, of the of the borrower holistically. Um, and perhaps they're looking at the assets under management with that particular bank um, and the wider investment portfolios of the client, um, whereas a specialist lender is, is solely taking risk on a single or, or multiple pieces of art. Um, so, yeah, the, there is a fundamental difference between the product and service that you you get from a, a bank and of course lots of lots of collectors um, or owners of art you know just don't have access to that that product or service they aren't um, the kind of um, individual or, or owner of art that that has that kind of banking relationship with the depth of um, assets under management that, that it requires um, so, yeah, we, we are firmly in the specialty lender um, category.
0: Yeah, and I think you touched on this a little bit, but just now, what would you say are some of the primary motivations for your borrowers who are borrowing against their art? And also, I don't know, is there an average duration of the loan? Um, how long are people usually uh, borrowing and then paying back?
1: So, in terms of um, primary motivations, um, if, you, if you firstly look at the different products that we offer – that um, sort of informs at least part of, of that, that answer. So we provide advanced loans, so collectors who, or owners who are, have, have or are going to consign uh, a piece of work or a collection to sale, um, and that can be driven by many different factors, but people who are selling work and they want some liquidity immediately, so fast liquidity running into a sale. Um, we will provide you know 50% of the um for example the low estimate of a piece of art that's going into auction um and and you know for for trusts and estates um that can be particularly relevant and um, trusts and estates may have um capital requirements sometimes it's to pay tax bills um other di- other dynamics of the trust that that require that and also you know to, to really um, allow a, a collector to think about how best to sell and, and strategize the sale of high value works, um, an advanced loan can really give them some time to do that. So instead of just banging a piece into the next sale, which may not be the best sale for that work, um, it gives them time to you know and we work a lot with our advisory clients on this. Um, really working to um, the best sales strategy for a piece of work and, and providing financing for that. And as, as you know, you know it might be nine months before the next really appropriate sale opportunity comes up for a p- particular piece of work. Um, so that's the, the advanced loans. Um, we've definitely seen a little bit of an increase in the purchase financing. So this is where, um, I, I touched on it earlier, where a um, a collector has um, secured um, the the acquisition of um, a new work of art, and that might be in auction or it might be a private sale, um, and they need some additional financing to to conclude that transaction, and um, so we will provide, you know, for example, fifty percent of the of the purchase price. Um, We've definitely seen an an increase in that. Um, The other rationale and the other type of product, if you like, is is the trade finance. Um, So dealers, galleries, um, the art trade, um, auction houses, um, who've got stock, providing some additional working capital um, against their stock, of of art and this is another way of doing it. Traditionally, you know, dealers, galleries and other trade um, participants, you know, they they still do and they they will always, I'm sure, go to their banks. Um, But there's a limit to to what banks can do. Um, Banks have notoriously been, you know, more conservative about their credit lines um, in the last five, ten years. And enabling the release of capital, you know, valuable working capital for, for this type of um, trade participant, um, this allows them to do that. So so we, we provide working capital to trade um, galleries, dealers, etc. Then if you look at the, what I'd call kind of straightforward term loans, this is really where, where you have, um, you know, a huge degree of variance between motivations. But I think you can still really group these into two broad categories, you've got people who have an immediate need for some financing. And this this goes back to something I was talking about earlier about the speed with which we can provide financing. So, you know, an opportunity, um, may, maybe an investment opportunity, um, is often only on the table for a very short period of time. And yes, in other circumstances. If they had more if, if the client had more time to raise capital, um, perhaps they, they would use another um, an avenue, but providing you know several million dollars within a matter of weeks um, to allow them to to close on an investment opportunity of some sort um, can be um, we, we see that quite frequently. Um, the other sort of immediate liquidity need, of course, is, is slightly more kind of stress-driven. Um, you have obviously the the infamous three Ds that drives the auction business: um, death, divorce, debt, um, and all of those scenarios, you know, can can lead to an immediate sort of liquidity squeeze, paying inheritance tax, um, um, divorce. Um, you know arranging making making settlement arrangements quickly um, and of course um, personal finance liquidity squeezes and so we provide um, quick financing for those scenarios then there's a more strategic type of borrower so borrowers who um, and, and I think that this, this is this is something that's really increasing is collectors and owners of art who um, are simply looking to unlock um, you know valuable capital in their artworks it may be a collection it, it may be a couple of pieces um, to do something else with that capital um, so it 's really a kind of strategic um, a, a strategic leverage and as I say I think that's that is very much um, on the rise as the sophistication of collectors, um, you know, that trend of, of collectors being more sophisticated, more savvy about um, how they buy and hold their art, um, that that will continue.
0: And so, you just acquired, actually, I think last week, Falcon Fine Arts, another lender. What was the motivation for that acquisition, and, and what does it mean to add that group to add them to the fine art group?
1: Yeah, so. Um, we were really pleased um, to have, have have acquired the Falcon Fine Art um, business, and we the the motivation on that was was very much sort of on on the the buyer's part, our part, and and on the seller's part. So on our side, um, it was a good fit for our business. Um, the loan book comprised um, you know a number of very well-informed collectors with great collections, um, museum quality art. Um, so, you know, in, a, an interesting addition to our existing, our existing business. Um, it comprised both trade borrowers and collectors. Um, so it's a good fit, it was a good fit for our business. We were a natural buyer for that business. As, as I said, you know, we, we are a specialist lender with real expertise internally um and number one that has allowed us to to acquire this business um you know it's a a very sort of specialty area where you need real expertise to be able to actually um you know diligence and acquire a loan book of this nature and so you know we had the resources if you like to to do it um and we have a real commitment to being, you know, one of the leading specialty lenders globally, and we will do that by acquisition and and by organic growth. And and you know, this was an opportunity um, that fits well into that that um, that objective. And um, on the seller's side, um, you know, the the very much the, the intention of the Falcon Group is to continue to you know, really focus on their core business and um, art is our core business um, and, and, and that's why you know we, we are in this space and that's why we have um, acquired that business it, it is our core business um, so I think it's a, you know it's a really exciting development for us um, it, it shows, as I said, our, our commitment to being um, a leading specialty lender, and providing um, a, a really top quality service to, to our clients, which, which we're really proud of.
0: Yeah, and being in this space, I want to just ask you finally, I'm curious how you foresee the industry evolving in the next few years, um, given where it is now, where you think it could be headed, um, and how it might look in the next few years.
1: If I carry on with the theme of the kind of supply and the demand side um, answers there. On the supply side, I think we will probably see fewer specialty lenders coming to market. I think you know the consolidation that, that we have achieved with um, with Falcon and and um, and our business. Um, perhaps that's an indication, um, and perhaps we'll see more consolidations. Um, but I think. You know both in the art market and, and the finance market, there is, and there has been for some time, you know a focus on groups really focusing on their core business, their core expertise, and, and delivering on on that core expertise. So I think we'll see less um, or we'll see fewer specialty lenders coming to market. And um, I think we'll see the wealth divisions, the private banks very much continuing their commitment which I think has probably increased um, actually in in the last um, year or so. You know, there are a couple of big wealth divisions of banks that um, I think have um, increased their commitment to this space. For them, you know, it's an important gateway to new clients. Um, it's an important retention uh, of clients uh, tool. So I think you'll see the wealth divisions of the banks still very much committed to this space. Um, and as I said, it's, you know, I really see that as a, as a different product and a different service, but nonetheless they, they will continue in the space. on the demand side, um, I think you know the global trajectory um, that is already, I think, visible is that demand for specifically art backed loans will continue, and I think that is a reflection. Of you know the increasing sophistication of buyers of art, I also think it is a reflection of a generational shift in buyers of art, um, owners of art. Um, y- you know there is, I think perhaps or, or there was perhaps with with an older generation of collector, um, a um, a more cautious um, approach, you know, to leverage. Um, against any asset actually, but today you have you know a younger generation of, of collector who um you know looks at art leveraging their art as a as a smart thing to do, and you know generally you know a younger generation of, of investors or, or collectors um you know they look across their asset base at um, at leverage and, and it's quite a usual normal thing to do, um, so I think, I think the perception of using leverage against art um, is changing and it will continue to, to change, um, so yeah, I, I think there will be a continued um, increase in sophisticated um, art market um, participants using, um, using this product and this service.
0: Freya, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and speaking with us about the Fine Art Group, as well as your thoughts on the future direction of the art lending space. And if our listeners want to learn more about the Fine Art Group, what's the website they can visit?
1: It's www.fineartgroup.com.
0: Perfect. Thanks so much again, Freya. I appreciate it.
1: Pleasure. Thank you.